Good day, everyone. I hope everyone had a blessed and wonderful week. We're going to continue on in the Gospel of John today. We're in John chapter 6, recovering verses 51 through 59. And the title of today's lesson is The Jews Disagrees That Jesus Is From Heaven. And this is part two. Remember last week we did part one. It's a two-part two series. So this is part two of John chapter 6. I'm recovering verses 51 through 59. So let's review from last week before we jump in to today's study. Last week we seen where the religious leaders once again entered the scene. And remember, wherever Jesus went, right, the religious leaders followed. And it's not because they wanted to learn about the kingdom of heaven. It's not because they wanted to hear Jesus preach and Jesus teach. That's not the reason why they followed, right? They followed Jesus because they were trying to entrap Jesus to have him to arrest Jesus so they can put him to death eventually. Why? You know, why? Because they didn't believe in what he was teaching. They didn't believe that he was, because it went against what they were teaching the nation of Israel. That's why. And remember what we said about the religious leaders. They're supposed to be <clears throat> leaders, religious leaders for the nation of Israel. They're supposed to teach them the Torah. But they neglected the truth. They neglected the Torah. And they, they, they embraced or they concentrated their efforts and their teachings more on man-made laws, their traditions of the elders, right? So what Jesus was talking about was this kingdom, right? They wanted this earthly kingdom, but Jesus, how Jesus was speaking, it wasn't going to be an earthly kingdom. It was a spiritual kingdom. And it went against what they believed. Why? Because they wouldn't have no control. They wouldn't have no power. And you can say because of that, because of their pride, right? I always say this. The middle letter of pride is I. The middle letter of sin is I. The middle letter of Lucifer is I, right? So you can tell a person, right, when you're talking to a person or when you see a person, you can just tell whether or not they have pride in their life, right? Because obviously when you talk to them, you know, they're obviously they're never wrong to begin with. That's how these religious leaders were, right? They have to be in total control always. That's how these religious leaders were, right? But, but you can tell because of how they use their words. It's all about them. I did this. I did that, right? I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that, right? It's all about I, me, 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 right? And that's pride. And Jesus talks about pride that if you have pride, that's, what, that's what's going to keep most people out of the kingdom of heaven, he says. It's going to be pride, right? So, so they're totally against what Jesus is teaching. But Jesus is teaching to these crowds and he's telling these crowds. Now remember crowds because it just wasn't Jews he was talking to. It was also Gentiles. Jesus was speaking to them about he, how he's the bread of life. How only through him you can enter into that kingdom that he was speaking about, right? And as Jesus was talking to the crowds, they were among them, right? These religious leaders. And Jesus kept talking about how he came down from heaven and how he is the son of Joseph and Mary, right? And these religious leaders were shocked, like, how can he come down from heaven when he is the son of a carpenter, so to speak? I mean, we know, we know who his parents are, right? And, and how, how can that be? But Jesus was speaking in the spiritual realm. 
Because how Jesus taught, how Jesus spoke was always in the physical realm, was about the kingdom of God, was about the kingdom of heaven. But they don't see that because they neglect the truth. Now, they should have known that Jesus was the Messiah because if they really would have studied the prophets, the Torah, the Old Testament, the prophets pointed. The prophet Isaiah actually said this, right? That, 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 that there's going to be a Messiah coming into this world is going to be conceived by a virgin through the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Ghost. But they didn't see that. And remember, in Judaism, the Jews believe in two messiahs. Now, we know that's not true. There's only one messiah that takes on two different roles, right? Jesus came as that suffering servant. And he's going to come back at the end as that warrior. When all the nations are against Israel, Jesus is coming back with the church to get rid of the evil, to get rid of the wickedness in this world. He's going to set up his millennial kingdom. But in order for him to do that, the Jews must come to faith in Messiah. And that's why there's going to be a seven-year tribulation period, right? To get the nation of Israel to repent, to know, to make them understand that they missed the Messiah the first time. And they're going to cry out to the Lord. And they're going to look at the one that comes down from heaven, the one that was pierced. And Jesus is coming back to wage war against this world. Because remember, this world, this earth, is from the devil. And Jesus says that. Jesus says you're either walking in the spirit or you're walking in the flesh. And if you're walking in the flesh, then you, you come from the father of this earth, which is Satan, he says. Now, let's go back to the two messiahs. The Jews believe two messiahs. They believe in Messiah ben Joseph and Messiah ben David, right? Now, Messiah ben Joseph is that suffering servant. They don't put too much emphasis on that. They concentrate more on Messiah ben David. And again, why? Because they want an earthly kingdom. And they know that this Messiah ben David is going to come back to earth and do what? He's going he's to do what? Wage war against the nations of Israel. And they believe that they're going to have some type of control and some type of power when that happens. So again, it's because of their pride, right? They focus more on man-made laws, their traditions of the elders, than they do the word of God, than they do the truth of God, right? And it's a lesson for us that nothing should come before Jesus. No religion, nothing. It needs to be Jesus first. It needs to be the kingdom of God first. It needs to be the kingdom of heaven first. And that's the mindset that we need to walk every day is that mindset of what Jesus had. See, when you become a disciple, when you become a servant of Jesus, right? Then you take on his character and his attributes. And you only come to faith in Messiah, right? By the grace of God. That's how we are saved. That's what the Bible teaches. Not by works. Now, once you come to faith in Messiah, then you take on the character and the attributes, then you start doing good works. So those people that believe, man, I'm a good person, right? And I do good works and I'm going to get to heaven and I give so much money to the church. I live in the church seven days a week. That's all great and fine. And Jesus is happy that you're doing that. The Father's happy that you're doing that. But that won't save you. The only thing that's going to save you is having faith, believing, committing your life to Jesus Christ, knowing that he was the Messiah, knowing that he died on the third day, he rose from the grave, amen? So let's look in this week's lesson. 
What we're going to see in this week's lesson is this. Jesus is going to continue to talk to the crowds, but more importantly, he's going to point out to the religious leaders that he is the true bread of life. That it's only through him that you can enter into his kingdom. So with that being said, open up your Bibles to John chapter 6, starting in verse 51. And we're going to read verses 51 through 59. And it starts off like this. It says, I am the living bread. This is Jesus talking. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. The bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. They said, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then the Jews began to argue sharply, right again. Jesus said to them, very, very truly, I can tell you, that unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and you drink his blood, you have no life in you. And unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, but if you do so, you shall have eternal life. And I will raise you up on the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate the manna and died. But whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. So let's go back to verse 51. Verse 51 says this. He says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. So here again, what Jesus is saying, what Yeshua is saying is that you can only enter into this kingdom, this everlasting kingdom, this eternal kingdom through me. So in other words, he's saying in order for this eternal kingdom to be a reality, you got to believe in me. It's through me. And that's the only way you get to this kingdom. Now, again, the religious leaders, right? These crowds that were listening to Jesus, they're not thinking spiritually. They're not thinking kingdom minded. But we, and Jesus is telling us here that we should always be thinking kingdom minded, right? Because this is the example he's given us right here. They're always thinking in a physical aspect, right? See, they wanted this earthly kingdom, just like I said in the introduction. Why? Because they wanted control and they wanted some type of power. So, so we can see here that they're not thinking spiritually. Look what he says. He continues on. He says, whoever eats this bread will live forever. So again, he's telling them how to get to his kingdom. He's saying the only way to get to this kingdom is through me because I am the bread of life. I am the true bread of life. And if you commit to me, if you believe in me, if you trust in me, if you obey towards me or in me, if you have faith, he's saying you're going to get to this kingdom. He says, he goes on, he says, this bread is my flesh. Now, what does he mean right here? He's speaking about his crucifixion. He's letting them know that he's that sacrificial lamb that God sent down. The sacrificial lamb that's going to save the world from the sins. See, we all have an opportunity. Jesus, God, the father gives us a choice. He's not going to force himself on no one, but he gives us a choice to accept him by faith. Amen. And if you accept him by faith, 
then you enter into that kingdom. So when he says this bread is my flesh, he's letting them know about the crucifixion. He's speaking of his death, his burial, and his resurrection right here, which I will give for the, look what he says right here, which I will give for the life of the world. It's for the world. Jesus came to take upon the sins of the entire world, right? And when Jesus was on that cross, we studied this in the Gospel of Matthew. When Jesus was on the cross, right when he says it is finished, at that very moment, there was a separation between God the Father and God the Son, you see? And you might say, what, what do you mean? Because you understand that the kingdom of heaven and God, where God is today, right now, when Jesus said that, there, there's, there's a separation because, because in heaven, there's no sin. Because at that point, Jesus took on the, upon the sins of the world. And in heaven, heaven has nothing to do with sin. The kingdom of God has nothing to do with sin. So there was a separation between God the Father and God the Son. Why? Because Jesus took upon the sins of the world at that very moment. See, the kingdom of heaven is all about righteousness. The kingdom of heaven is all about holiness, right? And once you become a believer in Christ, by the grace of God through faith, amen, that we become a disciple, we become a servant, we become a follower of Jesus. And Jesus is telling us here that when you become my disciple and you become my follower, that it's our job to go save the lost on this earth. To tell him about the kingdom, just like Jesus is teaching here, amen? Tell him about the goodness of God. Tell him about Jesus. Because the only way to get to the Father is through Jesus. John 14, 6 tells us that. And we know this because of what John 3, 16 says, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whomever believeth in him will inherit eternal life will have everlasting life the bible tells us right so he comes to save the world so the question that, that that we may have is right how can jesus give us his flesh as bread to eat right to eat the living bread means that we need to unite ourselves with yeshua we need to unite ourselves with jesus christ of nazareth right we need to unite with Yeshua in two ways, you can say. And the first is by believing in his death, burial, and resurrection. And the second is by devoting our, ourselves to, to bring, right, to, to, to bring about a, a type of living that he requires. In other words, we, we need to depend on the truth of God. We need to understand scripture. We need to get in scripture. We need to read the Bible because his teachings are going to guide us. We need to trust in the Holy Spirit for power. We, 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 we need to spend some time in prayer with Him every day. Not just once a day, every throughout the day. We should be talking to Him. We should be worshiping Him. We should be thanking Him, right? Even in times of trouble. See, because we all go through trouble and trials and tribulations in this world. You see, and the closer you get to God through His Son Jesus, the more trouble you're going to have because the more the devil's fighting you. See, you may be going through a test right now. You may be going through a certain situation or a problem. And you want that problem to hurry up and end, right? Just take it from me and end it. I don't want it because it hurts too much. I worry too much. I stress too much, right? 
But that's not how we should think. Because when we go through problems, we should be thanking him. Why? Because your faith is growing in him. And once you finish that problem, you can be rest assured there's going to be another problem even harder that we're going to go through. But, but what he wants us to do is he's, he wants us to rely on him. That's why he's putting us through that, right? It's not because he doesn't love you. He loves you dearly. You're his child. He created you in his own image. So what, what he wants you to do is, is, is strengthening your faith in him and believing in him more that when you put all your trust, it should be a peace no matter what you're going through, right? If you believe in him, if you commit to him with your whole heart, it does not matter what the world throws against you. It does not matter what Satan throws against you because you, you should be at a peace. You should be at a calmness in your life knowing that Jesus is fighting your battles, knowing that he will bring you out victorious. Amen. Verse 52. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. They said, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? So we see here that they really don't understand what Jesus is saying here, right? Why? Because they didn't understand the correct concept of the son of Joseph, that suffering servant who provided himself, right? That he was, he was going to, to give up his life so we can have a chance at the kingdom of heaven. We can have a chance at the kingdom of God and live forever, right? You see, when you die, we're all going to die physically. But when you die, your soul goes to one of two places. It goes to heaven or it goes to hell. It goes to the lake of fire. Now, the rapture, if you're a believer, you're going to be raptured up, the rapture of the church. And you might have been in the grave for a couple of hundred years, maybe five years or whatever. And it may be bones, it may, it may be whatever it is. But your body's going to form back and, and lift up out of that grave. And, and your soul that is in heaven is going to come down and meet your body. And if you're an unbeliever, then you're going to be raptured up at the, at the very end for the great white throne judgment. So there's two resurrections. There's one for the righteous and one for the unrighteous. But the righteous happens before the tribulation period and the rapture of the church. And the unrighteous happens for the great white throne judgment because we all going to be judged. Even the righteous, you're going to go in front of the Bema seat in front of God. In front of Jesus, because God gives all authority to Jesus, the Bible tells us, right? In the book of Daniel, in the book of Revelation. So, so you're all going to be judged, and, and you might say, what am I going to be judged for? I'm already saved. I'm already, you're going to be judged for your works. Well, you just said that works don't save you. That's correct. Works doesn't save you. By the grace of God through faith, that's what saves you. By believing in Him. By having faith in Him, right? Faith is believing without seeing. So you say, well, what about works? Because when you come to faith in Jesus, you take on the character of Jesus. Now you start to do good works, amen? And you're going to be judged for that. Did you do the work of Christ? Did you do the work for the kingdom, right? And there's, there's some people, maybe some people that you know, maybe family members, right? They're great people. They're wonderful people, but they think that you can be saved only by works. And, and if those people believe that, they're not getting into the kingdom of God. They're not getting to the kingdom of heaven. It's only through faith in Jesus. And we see that throughout the gospels that Jesus teaches. It doesn't matter what gospel you're in. Jesus is going to say something to that nature that it's only through me, through faith, that you are saved. Now, those of you that, that, that believe that you're saved by works, you better change your thinking because you're not. 
Well, I spend seven days a week in church and I work for the church. That's great. God's happy to do that. But what do you believe that saves you? Do you believe work saves you? Or do you believe that faith saves you? Because it's only through faith that you're going to be saved. And again, once you become saved through faith, then you start doing good works. You take on the attributes of Jesus. And we're going to go in front of the Bema seat and we're going to stand before the Bema seat in front of Jesus and he's going to play your life out for you. What good works you did for the kingdom. What good works you did for me. Did you introduce people to me that by faith, you, by the grace of God that you're saved? And if you don't do that, what are you going to tell them? See, he's counting on us to enlarge his kingdom. He's counting on us to save this lost world. Because it's, it's God's intention that no one be lost, that everyone be saved. But how can that happen? It happens through us, through his disciples. Amen? So I encourage you, you know, today, if you know someone, maybe they're good, they, maybe they, they, they're a great person, right? They help people all the time. They live in church, but they neglect the truth. They don't understand scripture reading. They don't open the Bible, right? But they do great works, and they think they're going to be saved by works. Then I encourage you today to reach out to that person and talk to them because they won't be saved. They won't go get into the kingdom of heaven. That's not me. This is scripture. I'm just a messenger. You know, they say don't shoot the messenger. Don't. I mean, the truth, the truth stings. The truth hurts at times, right? Because you see, at times, we've been told something our whole life. And if you really don't open the book, if you really don't open the word of God, if you really don't understand the truth, in other words, you're neglecting the truth because we should open up scripture because we need to understand scripture in order to relate it to our everyday life. Amen. But if you never do that, then, then you're lost. You, you believing people and you can't believe people. You got to believe the truth and Jesus is the truth. Amen. So once again, they don't understand right here because they're thinking in a physical nature. And Jesus is speaking to them from a kingdom concept. He's speaking kingdom minded. See, as you dwell into the Bible and as you start to understand scripture, then you, you're going to start to take on that character and you're going to start thinking in a spiritual way. You're going to think in a kingdom way. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, when I first opened the Bible, we start reading the Bible, I, I was thinking physically, right? None of this stuff made sense to me. And still I started learning it, right? And, and until, you know, a couple of people influenced my, my life, you know, and, and Coach Dunn and Pastor Ronnie and, you know, Sister Desiree. I mean, they, they, they came and they, they, they taught me this Bible. And when I started to understand it, I started to see it from a spiritual standpoint, from a spiritual realm. And that's how Jesus wants us to see it. So I say that to encourage you. If you never opened the Bible before, you say, I don't understand it. Doesn't matter. Still read it. Because the more and more you read it, and the more you become in tune with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, then you start to understand it. Amen. And that's what Jesus wants us to do. Verse 53. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and you drink his blood, 
You have no life in you, right? Now let's look at that term, the son of man. This means a servant, right? And said this over and over many times. But in this case right here, it's speaking about the one that is provided. In other words, speaking of Jesus, that sacrificial lamb. Jesus goes on, he tells them, very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. So this is speaking here of absolute dependency on him. That's what he's saying. This means that you have to receive him. And when I say have to receive him, receive his death, burial, and resurrection. And you got to believe in that, right? And if you don't, then you're not going to enter into his kingdom. Now, he says about blood, you got to drink his blood. Now, why blood? Because blood ratifies a covenant. He's talking about the new covenant. The new covenant that's rooted in one thing, and that's the forgiveness of sins. So he's saying, I'm your provider. My flesh, my blood, right? It's going to ratify this new covenant. You see, before the crucifixion, only the high priests could enter into the Holy of Holies, right? Once a year, and they asked God to, to forgive the sins of the nation of Israel, the 12 tribes. But you see, once that crucifixion happened, Jesus was on the cross. And when he said, it is finished, what happened? It was dark. There was trembling. Probably an earthquake, right? Because heavens was speaking. But what happens in the Holy of Holies, right? In the Holy of Holies, there's a veil that separates the room of the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple. And that veil split in half. It split in two, and it opened up the Holy of Holies, right? See, Jesus gave us a window. That's what that represents. Jesus was saying, now because I took upon the sins of the world, this new covenant, I'm going to ratify it, right? By my blood, by the crucifixion. And what's going to happen is they're going to put me in a tomb, but in three days, I'm going to be raised by my father, which shows obedience to Jesus, which tells us we need to be obedient to Jesus and to the father ourselves. Amen. But what happened? That holy of holies split. And Jesus was telling us right here, right then and there, you no longer need to go to anybody. You can come directly to me and have a direct relationship with me. You see, Jesus wants us to have an intimate relationship with him. That's why the Holy of Holies split. And Jesus is known as the high priest. So Jesus was saying, you can come directly to me now and speak to me. Tell me all your problems, right? Tell me all your desires. Because the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew tells us that we can go to Jesus and ask for anything, that doesn't mean that he's going to give it to us. Because if it harms you, he won't give it to you, you see? Because he's our wonderful father. And I'm going to go back to what I said earlier, right? If, if you wanting something real bad, it might be a job position, it might be, you know, a health issue that you want to overcome, right? You need to trust in Jesus. And if you don't get it, then you need not be mad. You need not be depressed or, 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 or get angry. Why? Because Jesus knew it was going to harm you. And what's going to harm you, he's not going to give you. And you might say, well, some of my dreams came true. It did. Because he knows you're going to use that for his kingdom. Amen. You're going to use it to enlarge his kingdom. Because remember, everything that Jesus did, it's about the kingdom of God. It's about the kingdom of heaven. So going back to the scripture here, right? He tells him. 
He tells them right here. You know, that, that, let's go back to verse 53. He says, Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, unless you eat of my flesh and, and of the Son of Man and drink his blood, then you have no life in you. So he's saying right here, you have to absolute 100% commit to me and depend on me, right? You have to believe that I am the Messiah. That's what he's saying. You have to receive my death, my burial, and the resurrection in order to come into my kingdom. Verse 54. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, he says, and if you do so, you shall have eternal life. And he goes on to say that I will raise you up on the last day. Now, this word eat means dependency. So this is the fourth or fifth time that, that he says that we're going to overcome judgment. And how do we overcome judgment? It's by accepting him, by committing to him, by having faith in him, by believing in him. So once again, you're saved by faith, right? So when we have faith in him, when we commit to him, when we accept him, right, we're going to overcome judgment. Why? Because of what God has provided. See, God provided that atonement. God provided that redemption. In other words, because of what Jesus did on the cross at Calvary, you have an opportunity to enter into his kingdom by believing in him, by having faith in him. Now, remember, Jesus was called the son of man, right? The son of Joseph. And in Judaism, some, some 2,000 years ago and still today, they ignore the concept of that suffering servant because they put more emphasis on that, that warrior, Messiah ben David, right? But they neglected that suffering servant. And they still do that today. They neglect that suffering servant. Why? Because they neglect the truth. <laughs> they, they neglect scripture. They focus more on the traditions of the elders, their man-made laws, their man-made rules. That's really what they focus on, and that's really what they teach. So what the scripture is telling us here, what Jesus is saying, is that unless you commit your life to him, meaning that he died for our sins, that on the third day he was raised by the Father, right? Then you're not going to enter into his kingdom. But if you do believe in that, he says, you are welcome into his kingdom, right? You will be raised. He tells you, I'm going to raise you on the last day. You will be resurrected at the rapture of the church. What is he talking about the last day? The last day of the church age. See, the period that we're in right now is called the church age, people. But the church age is coming to an end. And it's going to come to an end very soon, quicker than what many people believe and think. Then what's going to happen? The rapture is going to happen. Then that's going to usher in that seven-year tribulation period. And that has to happen, right? And people that don't believe in that, people that think that the church is going through the tribulation, then you saying the church is taking the place of Israel, and that is unbiblical. It's unbiblical. We don't take the place of Israel. The tribulation is for the nation of Israel and unbelievers that they would come to faith in Messiah. Verse 55, for my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. So he's speaking once again of his crucifixion. He's speaking of his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Verse 56, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. So once again, eat means dependency, right? So those people who believe in the resurrection, those people who are committed to him, those people who believe in the truth of God, these people will be saved. That's what he's saying. 
Verse 57. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. Now, there's a lot going on here. Let's take that first text. He says, just as the living Father sent me. So he's seeing here that he's doing the Father's will, which shows complete, absolute, 100% obedience to his Father. But what about us? Are we, are we being obedient to Jesus? Are we being obedient to the truth? Are we being obedient to the Word of God? He goes on to say, and I live because of my Father. So what he's saying here is that he and the Father are one. Remember the Trinity? The Father and the Son and what? The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. See, the person who accepts the truth, the person who is committed to him, he's saying if you do all it is, that, that if, if, if you accept my truth, if you accept me, if you know that I am the bread of life, that if you come to me and you commit your life to me, then you're going to inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 58, this is the bread that came down from heaven, he says. So he's speaking of himself once again. Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life. I give life, and it's only through me that you're going to live. It's only through me that you're going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. Your ancestors ate the man and died, he says. See, they were living in the physical when that happened, right? They didn't see it as spiritual. They, they saw it as a physical need that they needed because they were hungry. Remember what they told Moses? They, they leave Egypt, right? And they're in the wilderness. They're in the desert for 40 years. And God put them there for 40 years because they was disobedient, because they didn't trust. They didn't believe, right? And, and none of them made it to the promised land except Caleb and Joshua. We talked about that last week. But they were hungry. They were thirsty. And whenever they got hungry and thirsty, what they said? They said, Moses, tell God we need food. Tell God we need some drink. We need something to drink, right? And Moses did that, right? Moses would seek the Lord. He would get away from him, just like Jesus did. He'd go spend time with the Father by himself. And Moses did that. And God would always do what? Perform a miracle. Now, what those miracles represent? It reveals revelation. And that's, they didn't see it that way. They just saw it as their physical need was being met. And Jesus is saying here, because of that, they all died. They all died physically and spiritually. That's what he's saying here. But he says, whoever feeds on me, on this bread, he's meaning himself, will live forever. Again, he's telling them, I am the Messiah, that you need to come to me by faith. You need to commit your life to me. You need to believe in my death and my burial and my resurrection. And if you do that, you're going to have everlasting life in the kingdom of God. Amen. And verse 59, our last verse for today. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Now, why Capernaum? Because it's all foundational. And why do I say that? Because this is where God will begin the process of redemption, salvation, you can say, right? This is where Jesus' ministry began. And, and the prophet Isaiah tells us that a light's going to shine. In Galilee. Where's Capernaum located? In the Galilee. So you see, it's foundational. And what he's telling us is this, that if you want this foundation in your life, then you need to accept that suffering servant. You need to accept 
the son of Joseph, Messiah, Ben Yosef, right? You need to believe in him. You need to commit to him by faith. You need to obey him. Believe in the one that the father has sent. Amen. And that ends our lesson for today. We sure do appreciate you all tuning in. We appreciate you listening. Uh, be, be free to, to share this podcast with, with family, with friends, right? Anybody you think needs to hear the word of God, right? We're here to encourage people. We're here to teach the truth of God, that people would come to understand that it's only through his son, Jesus Christ, by faith that you are saved, that you will enter into the kingdom of God. Amen. So until next week, y'all have a blessed and wonderful week. Be the light that shines for people, right? When people see you, man, they should see the face of God. Amen. They should see that light shining through you, that the love of Jesus in you, that shines through you because it's through you that you bring them to our Messiah, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Until next week, y'all have a blessed and wonderful week. We love you guys.